So may God bless you. May God keep you is our prayer. Amen. On tonight, I want to talk about something that's uh, near and dear to my heart. God has been uh, dealing with me concerning uh, the people of God, the house of God, amen, the body of Christ. And that is the seven feasts of Jehovah. Amen. And certainly those are the set times, the set season, amen, that God is going to show up and do what he has promised to do. Amen. And we are to meet him. We are to meet him. Now, he doesn't uh, follow my schedule. <laughs> he doesn't follow your schedule or do things as, you know, I please or, uh, or does things to appeal to you. Amen. But God has his way. And somebody said it's mighty sweet. Amen. And we have to learn to do and to humble ourselves and do things his way. Amen. Because God has the way of eternal life. Amen. And I think um, uh, we are closer uh, to the coming of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ than many uh, think. And you say, why do you say that, Pastor? I'm watching and looking at people's lives and seeing what they do. And it is as if people uh, don't understand uh, the urgency of now that we work out our soul salvation with fear and trembling on somebody. Not that he's an abuse of God or he's a God that uh, wants to see us fail. Amen. But certainly he's a God that has set a race before each and every one of us. And we must run our race with patience, laying aside every weight and sin that does so easily beset us. Amen. It disqualifies us from the race. We talked about Paul said, after some 30 years of preaching, I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. Lest when I have preached to others, I myself become disqualified. Amen. And each and every one of us, that's a task for each and every one of us to do as well. Amen. And in my studies and in my preaching and teaching, Amen. I can clearly hear God instructing me to prepare a people to meet their maker. Amen. Prepare a people, prepare a church. Amen. To meet its maker. If is there anything that's more important uh, than that, I don't know. Come on, somebody. Because somebody said, when I see him, I want to see his face in peace. I want to hear him say, now, now when I seek to please men, I cease to please God. I want to hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Amen. And it concerns me when we are immersed in a time, amen, where people are so involved and, and carried away with the cares of the world the Bible says they'll become people that are lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Amen. When we're living in this dangerous church culture, if you have not uh, seen that Bible class, read that, played that Bible class, you need to go back and find it in the archives on Facebook, YouTube. Amen. Dangerous church culture where people will be going about doing, uh, living their lives as if Everything is normal, but everything is everything but normal. My God. 
Amen. That Bible class in the scriptures that we were calling, the Bible said it was be it would be just as if the days of Noah and in the days of Lot. Amen. Noah found himself a godly people trying to survive in an ungodly environment. Amen. An ungodly society. Amen. Lot said it even vexed his spirit. Come on, somebody. My God, does it vex your spirit? Amen. People just seems or, you know, you you might be just like David. He said, you know what? Uh, My foot was well now gone when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. It seemed like everybody's doing what they're doing and there's no consequence for it. Come on, somebody. Uh, But that's not what the scripture says. The scripture says Noah found himself a godly people trying to live holy in an ungodly society. My God. And Lot said it vexed his spirit because people's minds were totally turned out uh, by the enemy. Amen. And each and every one of us, we ought to have that same um, uh, feeling. Amen. Uh, That urgency of now that, uh, you know, something has to happen. The Lord is soon to come. Amen. And we ought to have a yearning, uh, a uh, a yearning for souls. The Bible says he that winneth souls must be wise. Amen. And it's so important that each and every one of us, amen, as we see a time where people are more concerned about riches, uh, you know, I, I see a lot of ministries, uh, they're still talking about getting houses and getting cars and getting money. Come on, somebody. Self-promotion, you know, you're going to be raised up, not because you are a lover of souls like uh, Jesus, uh, but because you want your name in lights and you want to be popular. You want to say something that, you know, will draw people to you and not necessarily to God. Come on, somebody. People are all carried away with miracles and excitement and entertainment more than pleasing God. And that concerns me. It really concerns me because as I say, I can clearly hear God telling me to prepare a people, prepare a church to meet their maker. I believe uh, that the Lord, he is soon to come. Come on, somebody. Now, listen, I'm not knocking it. You know, a prosperity Uh, If you're rich, God has increased you. Amen. I'm not knocking that, but I'm certainly not preaching it. Amen. I'm preaching that people need to prepare themselves. Amen. Uh, Get get right and let's get ready to get out of here. Amen. When we see so much is going on today, um, uh, we see that uh, uh, President Putin has threatened to use uh, nuclear weapons. He's calling up another uh, 300,000 reservists um, of the Russian army that's going to fight in Ukraine, and he's threatening nuclear weapons. We have uh, President Biden that's uh, uh, provoking China. I don't know why he said it, that, you know, we we would, if China were to invade or to uh, hinder Taiwan. We will uh, use military force in, in, in defending Taiwan. And it's just so, you know, people don't understand just how uh, a slippery of a slope that we're on. Things are teetering. And just one tip 
in the wrong direction. My God, uh, what we see happening somewhere else will be in your neighborhood, be in your home, be at your church. Come on, somebody. My God. And it's so important that we are prepared, people. Amen. That we're prayed up. Amen. We're praying that God use me to your honor and to your glory. Amen. That souls might be saved before it's everlasting too late. I'm looking out on social media and it just cringes me to see baby saints. Baby saints out on social media uh, calling themselves, you know, trying to lead others and haven't sat down and really learned nothing themselves. You know, if you want to uh, experience something new, you know, there's nothing new over in holiness. We know the, on the day of Pentecost, the uh, second chapter of Acts, the Holy Ghost fell, and we know that the latter rain started, some says in 1800s in Topeka, Kansas, and the others we know, um, uh, 1906 in the Azusa Street Mission, uh, the latter rain, the pouring out of the Holy Spirit, amen. But holiness is still holiness. Righteousness is still righteousness. Walking upright before God and presenting yourself a living sacrifice, my God, holy and acceptable, which is your reasonable uh, uh, service. There's nothing new about that. My God, and, and people will, you know, uh, promote themselves and, and try to draw people to them. And they ain't nothing but baby saints. You, you've been saved longer than they've been saved, yet they're out there trying to promote themselves and uh, get some followers and get some friends. And they don't know the gravity, the price that God places on a soul. My God, when you lead people astray, God is going to hold their blood at your hands. People need to be very careful, very careful. I saw another uh, saint, baby saint out there that uh, once was in the truth and now is in uh, is a Jehovah witness and was talking about how um, she's glad that she's going to make it in with the hundred and forty four thousand uh, souls uh, we see in Revelation uh, in Revelation chapter seven. And uh, I'm just thinking now. <sighs> My God, somebody needs to talk to this young lady and tell her, listen, you know, 144,000, even the Jehovah Witness backed away from that doctrine after their numbers got above 144,000. And if you look in Revelation chapter seven, you know, it specifically lets you know 12,000 from the tribe of Judah, 12,000 from the tribe of Reuben, 12,000 from the tribe of Gad, 12,000 from the tribe of Asher. Baby, what tribe are you from? Yeah, just like I thought, you're from the hood. That's not talking about you. You know, I just... It just makes me cringe to see people, their minds are deceived. And, and if something don't happen, something, somebody don't, you know, uh, witness to them again. Paul said, I travail with you again until Christ be formed in you. Come on, somebody. 
My God, many people have gone astray. We see individuals that are out there that are calling themselves apostles and people are are, are following individuals that call themselves apostles. But if you look in the Bible, uh, the book of Acts, that is exactly what it's called. It's, it's the Acts of the Apostles. We're built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets and Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Amen. Their job was to build the foundation of the apostles and prophets, but Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. The apostles and prophets, they built the foundation, my God, and they died and went on off the scene. But Jesus Christ, the cornerstone, it stays. If you know anything about building, it always starts with the cornerstone and everything lines up with the cornerstone. So if you look at the Acts of the Apostles, their job was a threefold uh, uh, job, and that was to establish the church, build the foundation of the church, to oversee the church, and to write the New Testament uh, scripture. They did that, died, and died violent deaths. Come on, somebody. My God, went on off the scene. Yet you have in the, anybody that's calling themselves an apostle, you following anybody that's an apostle, that's a false doctrine. It's a heresy. You're deceived. My God. And if the apostles work is not done, that means the foundation we're standing on is not assured. And my Bible tells me we're standing on a sure foundation. This foundation is complete. Come on, somebody. If we have apostles among us today, that means the New Testament scripture is not yet done. And how can we live up to anything that's not complete? They're still writing scripture and we're trying, sitting here trying to please God. It's nothing but a false doctrine. Amen. And when we see what's happening today uh, in a lot of churches, and the, the name Christianity and church, Jesus, and holiness and righteousness, is being made a mockery of because of a lot of, you know, downright clowns that give Christianity a bad name. Come on, somebody. The Bible says, while men slept, enemy came in and sowed tear among the weak. Come on, somebody. My God. And, you know, we talk about what the enemy did, but we have to remember the condition that allowed the enemy to do what he did or do what he does because he's continually doing a sleeping church, a sleeping community, a sleeping family, a sleeping parent, a sleeping individual. Come on, somebody. My God. <clears throat> When we're slumbering and sleeping, the enemy is allowed to come in. And a lot of this stuff that we see manifesting right in front of our very eyes, it's a work of an enemy. That's all it is. Come on, somebody. My God. And certainly, uh, we have to be careful uh, that we are paying attention, uh, that we're in tune uh, with thus saith the Lord, amen. Check yourself and see whether you be in the faith. You know, somebody, uh, when we were sleeping people, people act as if God is not watching. 
But we read on last Sunday, he said, I know your works. I know right where you are. I know what you're doing. And a lot of times we talking about that scripture. Uh, they all had the same spiritual meat and all the same spiritual drink and all were baptized upon the cloud and with Moses. But with many of them, God was not well pleased. Why? Because they uh, lusted after evil things. Come on, somebody. My God. <clears throat> and as my sermon on last Sunday, time is running out. Amen. Time is running out. And that's what I want to talk about on tonight, because when we talk about the seven feasts of Jehovah, it's the set days, the times, amen, the feasts, amen, that Jesus is going to show up, amen, and do what he does. And he wants to meet you there at the feast day. A lot of times we think about feasts, we think about food, but no, it has nothing to do with food, although some of the feasts had food involved. Amen. But these are the set days, the times, the, the, the feast days that God is saying, I'm going to show up. Amen. And I want to meet you there. Look at this. Matthew 24, 22 through 24. <clears throat> Matthew 24. We have a promise from Jesus himself. Concerning the time. Amen. What does he say? Except those days should be shortened. There should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, who is that? That's for us. For our sake, those days shall be shortened. And if any man shall say unto you, lo, here is Christ or there, believe it not. For there shall arise what? False Christs. Christos, the anointed one. Come on, somebody. False Christ and false prophets also. And shall show great signs and wonders in so much that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. My God. If this is never a time that we need to make sure that our minds are not deceived, our agenda has not been altered, and we're starting to do things to please ourselves and make ourselves more comfortable here, you're missing the mark. I can clearly hear God say, it's time to prepare a people to meet their maker. My God, the Lord, he is soon to come. So it's good to know that it's possible that our minds can be deceived. When shall these things be? The sign of thy coming in the end of the world. Uh, Matthew 24, the Olivet Discourse. Come on, somebody. Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come. Come on, somebody. My God. False Christs are going to come and deceive many. And we have to be careful that our minds, a deceived mind don't know it's a deceived. A deceived mind <laughs> uh, thinks it's right. Come on, somebody. My God. And one of the uh, ways of knowing a deceived mind is torment. 
It, it just can't rest unless every other mind believes like it believes and thinks like it thinks. That's why Jesus said you can uh, leave a house and just kick the dust off your feet and go on to another house. Deceived mind don't work like that. My God, a deceived mind will argue, fight, bicker, be divisive. Come on, somebody. My God, until it tries to get your mind to think like it's mine. Come on, somebody. My God. But the Bible says, buy the truth and sell it not. Come on, somebody. My God. It's so important. Um, we look in Revelation 13, uh, individuals was carried away with so much with fellowship and so much with excitement, amen, uh, that they were actually worshiping Satan when they thought they were worshiping God. We don't have time to read it, but uh, look, Revelation 13 and 11, that second beast, which is the false church. There is a false church that is going to tell you by believing such a thing or doing such a thing, somehow it's going to get you closer and it's trying to get you close to the first beast. Fooled them and had them worshiping the first beast because they thought they were worshiping God. Come on, somebody. And there's so many people, they're, they're so concerned about excitement. They're so concerned about fellowship. They will be fooled by this false church. Come on, somebody. The Bible says they that worship him must worship him, what? In spirit and in truth. Jesus told the woman at the well, ye worship, ye know not what? We know the God in who we worship. Amen? Amen. This is not something that just come off our lips, our body. Amen? Our body is yielded to him. Come on, somebody. We worship him, not only from our lips, but what we do. Amen. My God. And God is saying, I'm going to shorten the days for the very elect's sake. Come on, somebody. But in the uh, seventh feast of Jehovah, we're going to read and study here where Satan is actually trying to lengthen the days. That he might do what? Wear out the saints. Oh, yeah. He's coming up for to steal, kill, and destroy. Amen. And if God let him, uh, he, he would wear us out if it was possible for him to change the set times and the season. Come on, somebody. And that's exactly what he's trying to do. And that's what we're going to study here in uh, the seven feasts of Jehovah. And I picked this up <clears throat> in Bishop G.T. Haywood's um, uh, writings, and it was something that intrigued me, and I uh, did some more study, amen, and put together uh, this Bible class. And it's also uh, a compliment. Uh, we also studied this in our study of Revelation, amen, uh, and I want to bring it back to um, us tonight because I think it's something of importance that we need to understand. One thing about, you know, fighting your opponent, playing basketball, playing football, uh, boxing, we have what's called the tapes. Amen. You go and study your opponent and uh, see how he fights and uh, the tactics that he used so you can mount a counterattack.
Amen. So it's good to know that God is revealing to us how the enemy is coming at us that we might be prepared. Come on, somebody. My God. And we need to arm ourselves with the whole armor of God that we might be able to withstand the fiery darts of the enemy. All right. Let's just get a little bit of history here uh, of the Moeds and what the enemy is trying to do. Uh, we want to go to Daniel, the seventh chapter, <clears throat> the book of Daniel, the seventh chapter. Daniel, the seventh chapter. And we want verses 15. Um, through 2025. Um, yes, Daniel, the seventh chapter, 15 through 25. All right. <clears throat> and I want to encourage anybody that if you want to understand the book of Revelation, you need to read Daniel. Uh, Daniel was the one that prayed and asked God at the time of the end, what's going to happen to my people? Daniel wasn't talking about us. He was talking about the Jews. Amen. Uh, he loved his brethren. Amen. And God revealed unto him a lot of the things. Uh, matter of fact, everything that we see uh, read in Revelation was revealed unto Daniel. All right. So at the time of the end, when we see at that time, Amen. We know that we're talking about the end. Amen. Satan is going to try to set, change the set times, the moeds. Amen. Uh, the moedim. Amen. The plural. Uh, these are the laws of God. Amen. <clears throat> and the reason he's trying to change the set times, the moeds or the moedims, plural. Amen. Is that he might have more time to wear out the saints. Come on, somebody. And that's what God said. If I didn't shorten the days. Come on, somebody. My God, he will actually wear out the very elect. All right. Look at this. <clears throat> he said, I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit in the midst of my body and the visions of my head troubled me. I came near unto one of them that stood by. That was one of the angels that revealed this unto him and asked him the truth of all this. So he told me and he made me to know the interpretation of the things. Um, these great beasts, which are four, are four kings which shall arise out of the earth. But the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. Then I would know the truth of the fourth, fourth beast. Now, Daniel, if you go back up earlier in this chapter, chapter seven here, Daniel sees four beasts, three beasts. Uh, but the fourth one was the one that he was it made him sick. And, and that's what he's asking the angel. He said, then I would know the truth about the fourth beast, which was diverse from all the others, exceeding dreadful, whose teeth were a lion and his nails were brass, 
which devoured, breaking pieces and stamped uh, the residue with his feet. And the ten horns, and that horn means authority and prophecy, uh, that were in his head, and of the other which others which came up, and before whom uh, three fell, even of that horn that had eyes and a mouth that spake very great things, whose look was more stout than his fellows, I beheld, and the same horn made war with the saints and prevailed. Look at that, y'all. Against them. Until what? Until the ancient of days came. That's Jesus. Amen. Anytime you see the rock, you see the ancient of days, you see the lamb in prophecy. He is always the lamb. He's always the ancient of days. He's always the rock. All right. Until the ancient of days came and judgment was given unto the saints of the most high. And the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. Amen. Thus, he said, the fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon the earth, which shall be diverse from all other kingdoms. He's starting now to talk about uh, this fourth beast beast kingdom empire uh, that we're dealing with now that's coming into fruition right now. It's going to be diverse from all the other. Amen. Um, It shall devour the whole earth. It shall tread it down and break it into pieces. And the ten horns of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise. And another shall rise out of them. And he shall be diverse from the first. And he shall subdue three kings. And he shall speak great words against the Most High. Uh, He's blaspheming against God. We found out in Revelation 13, he blasphemes against God's people, and he blasphemes against those that are in heaven. That's us. somebody, Because by the time a Revelation 13 comes around, we are in heaven. And he shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High. Look at this. And think to change times and laws. And they shall be given unto his hand until a time and times and a dividing of time. Amen. I'm going to read that one more time. And he shall speak great words against the most high and shall wear out the saints of the most high and think to change the times and the laws. And it shall be given, and they shall be given unto his hand. Amen. A woe unto the inhabitants of the earth, because now who Satan has come down unto you, and he knows that he has but just a short time. All right. But he's going to think to change the times and the laws. And they, the saints, shall be given unto his hand until a time and times and a dividing of time. My God. So, as I say, if you go back and uh, you look in uh, the earlier verses of this chapter, you see here that Daniel is given a vision of these uh, beast empires that are to come. Now, he sees the lion, the bear, and the leopard, 
And then he sees a fourth beast that made him sick. Now, I don't want you to think about these as I know they uh, represent animals, but these are individuals. Amen. Uh, beast empires. Amen. That uh, that will eat you like a lion and, and maul you like a bear. Came run you down like a leopard and, and tear you to shreds. All right, but these are beast empires made up of individuals, kings. When you see that term horns, that means authority, people of authority uh, that is going to form these empires that are going to fight against the people of God. All right. And that fourth one that was uh, greater uh, than the three, more diverse, more stout, uh, dreadful, uh, that was the one that made Daniel sick, my God. And that is the beast empire uh, that's being formed right now. All right. Now, when we look at Revelation 13 and 1, John, in his writing, he talks about the same four beasts. All right. John says, I see a beast. All right. <clears throat> he looked like a leopard. Well, you know what? Let's go to it and read it. And this is just to give us some, some um, history. Satan is trying to change the times and the laws that he can have more time to wear out the saints. Look at this, um, Revelation 13. And I stood upon the sand of the sea. Sea represents people. This is a beast that come from among them. It's a beast, but it's coming from the people. And I saw a beast rise up out of the sea. All right. Out among the people having what? Seven heads and 10 horns. There's those uh, that horns, the authority. And upon his horns, 10 crowns, and upon his head, the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and had his, his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth was the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. My God. So John writing, now look. Um, Daniel from the past, looking to the future, he saw a, a lion, a bear, and a leopard, and a fourth one that made him sick. John, looking from our future to the past, saw all the same four beasts. He said, I saw a beast. It, uh, it looked like a leopard. It had the feet of a bear and the mouth of a lion. Amen. But I saw the worst. He, he said, I saw an amalgamation, a beast. It looked like a leopard. It had the foot of a bear and the mouth of a lion. Now look, Daniel from the past looking to the future saw lion, bear, leopard. John from the future looking to the past saw what? The opposite. He saw a leopard bear, lion, and an amalgamate. I saw the worst of the leopard. I saw the worst of the bear, and I saw the worst of the lion. 
All right. And uh, notice those orders. They're, they're seeing uh, the, the same four beasts. One is looking from the past and the other is looking from the future. All right. And if you were to do a just a, um, a Google search on what John saw, uh, you would see a lot of figures look just like this. Uh, we can see those three uh, beasts. Uh, what is that? The the uh, the lion head, the um, bear coming out the neck and uh, got the bear claw and it's got the leopard body, but it's a beast. They both see the four, the same beast. Amen. All right. So um, these are the tribulation saints uh, that uh, Daniel's concerned about. Amen. All right. These are the Jews. This is who he's speaking of. And this is that last beast empire that is going to fight against Daniel's people, the Jews, during the tribulation period. Amen. What was Daniel's prayer? Lord, let me know what's going to happen to my at the time of the end. What's going to happen to my people? My God. And God revealed unto him and he saw it back there in Daniel and John saw it. My God, from the future, looking back to the past, they both saw the four uh, beasts. All right. The same beasts. All right. <clears throat> so these are the tribulation, tribulation saints. The Bible says of the Jews that he came to his own and his own received him not. Amen. And so what does he say? I'm going to leave unto you your house desolate until you say, blessed be him that come in the name of the Lord. My God. Amen. So I want to explain this. We are the bride of Christ. He came to his own and his own received him not. I want you to go out into the hedges and the highways and compel men because they rejected him. We have him. We are primarily a Gentile church. There are some Jews among us that is going to make up the bride of Christ. But for the most part, John's uh, Jewish brethren uh, are going to go through the tribulation period. God is going to save them, but they're going to go through hell on earth. Now, listen, don't think we're exempt because, you know, we're spiritual Israel now. And just as Satan is against them and trying to um, devour them, he's also trying to devour us. But I want um, I want us to see his tactic, how he works, how he's trying to change the times and the set laws, because Jesus said, I got to shorten the days. If I didn't, the very elect not going to make it in. But Satan said, well, you know what? I, I want to do the opposite. <laughs> uh, I, I, I want to lengthen the days so I can wear out the saints. 
Time is running out and we need to know and understand what our enemy is trying to do. All right. Now, Israel is going to be saved, but they are going to go through hell on earth. Now, listen, let's read that and prove that. Bear that out in scripture. Romans. Romans, the 11th chapter. We want verses 25 through 27. Amen. Romans. The 11th chapter, 25 through 27. What did he say? For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part is happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. And so all Israel shall be saved as it is written. There shall come one, there shall come out of Zion, the deliverer. Who is that? The ancient of days, the rock, the lamb, that's Jesus. And shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant unto them when I shall take away their sins. All right. Because they rejected him. I'm on somebody. I'm going to leave unto you your house desolate until you say, Blessed is he that come in the name of the Lord. My God. Now, they are not going to be part of the bride of Christ. We are the bride of Christ, and we are primarily a Gentile church. But those Jews that Daniel was praying about, his brethren, and he asked God, I want to know at the time of the end what's going to happen to my brethren. They are going to come through the tribulation and God is going to save them, but they're going to go through hell on earth. My God. All right. One other uh, uh, scripture we want to call to prove this point, because Jesus was talking about he was a good shepherd. John 10, 14 through 16. In his foreknowledge, he already knew it wasn't a surprise that he was rejected of his own people. Come on, somebody. My God, he knew in his foreknowledge that he would be rejected of his own people. My God. And then he would turn to us. My God. Look what he says here. John 10, 14 through 6 says, I am the what? Good shepherd. And know my sheep and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so uh, know I the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have. That's he's talking about us. He's talking about the Gentiles. Other sheep that I have, which are not of this fold, they're not Jews. Come on, somebody. But because I was rejected of the Jews, I'm going to include them. And they're going to become part of the bride of Christ. All right. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring and they shall hear my voice 
and there shall be what? One fold and one shepherd. And when we look around that throne room in Revelation, there's only one sitting on the throne and the bride of Christ surrounding him, made up of all kinds of kindred. Uh, Come on, somebody. Uh, uh, Tongues of people. Come on, somebody. My God. Uh, So um, it's so important to know that uh, God included us from the very beginning. Amen. But we want to keep our focus in on what Daniel was talking about, his brethren. Amen. Because I think uh, I know what affects them is also going to affect us. All right. John saw our rapture ahead of time. He's the one that wrote Revelation, the reveal unto us. The removing of the veil. I shared with you uh, a proper Jewish wedding. When the veil, now the veils that we use, you can see right through them and you you know who you're marrying. But in a, a proper Jewish wedding, the veil is thick. My God. And you cannot see the bride. And the Bible is all about uh, uh, Jesus and his bride. And in Revelation, he finally is the revo- removing of the veil. Apocalyptic. Amen. Uh, that's what Revelation uh, means. Amen. The removing of the veil. He finally receives his bride. My God. And Revelation is a revealing, the revealing of the end. All right. And so I want to um, start here in Revelation 13, and I'm going to go over a little bit what I um, preached last Sunday just to get the thought before us, because John saw our rapture. Amen. Let's look at uh, Revelation 13, and we're going to begin in verse... Uh, 18. Mm -hmm. No, I don't want to do that. Let's go back a little bit. Revelation 13. Oh, I'm in the wrong. Revelation 3. I'm sorry. Take that one off the front of it. And maybe this is 18. Yes, 18. 3 and 18, not 13, 18. This is where we were last Sunday. What did they say? I counsel thee to buy of me gold that has been tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, um, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And anoint thine eyes with eye salve that you may see. And what does he say? As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, since this is a fact, and repent. People don't take uh, rebuking nowadays. <laughs> he said, those that I love, I chasten. Come on, somebody. My God. 
uh, I rebuke and chasten. And, and since this is a fact, it's because I love you. I'm rebuking you. Be zealous and repent. But people won't take a rebuke nowadays. Uh, this is what we talk. This is the, the writing to the Laodicea church. The lukewarm church. Well, I might go to church. I might not go to church. I might pray and I might not pray. You know, I'm in today and I'm out tomorrow. The Laodicea means the people's uh, rights or opinions. It's a church of people's opinions. And that's where we are today. Uh, People call right their opinion, their opinion of right. Leo, the people's. Uh, writes the people's opinions, a church of people's opinion. Look it up, research it. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and I will sup with him uh, and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne even also uh, as I also overcome, overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. Look at verse 22. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the spirit saith unto the churches. We're going to come back to that. But let's read this uh, rapture, our rapture, which was John's uh present tense it's uh our future look what john says in revelation 4 and 1 after this i looked and behold a door was opened in heaven and the first voice which i heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me which said come up hither and i will show thee things which must be here after John, I'm going to reveal unto you uh, things that's going to happen hereafter. Come on, somebody. My God. So he actually experienced our rapture. Come on, somebody. My God. Now, what do you mean by that, uh, uh, Pastor? If you look and what we read in John uh, 3, I mean, Revelation 3 and 22, it says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches, the seven churches at Asia Minor. Amen. The seven churches. Amen. And the Spirit of God, that same Spirit, not seven different spirits, the same Spirit of God that exists in every church dispensation. Only one Spirit, only one God. Amen. Seven different church dispensations. All right. Now, if you, and I'm going to give you the information here, you can jot it down in Revelation 2 and 7. It says, He that have an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. You see the same thing in Revelation 2 and 11. You'll see the same scripture reference in Revelation 2 and 17. You'll see he that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches in Revelation 2 and 29. You'll see it in Revelation 3 and 6. 
You'll see it in Revelation 3 and 13. And we just read it here in 3 and 22. All said, he that hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. My God. The next scripture reference and the only other reference is in Revelation 13 and 9. And it says, if any man have an ear, let him hear. Because the church is gone. You can do your own uh, research, but I, I've given them to you. Revelation 27, 2.11, 2.17, 2.29, 3.6, 3.13. We just read 3 and 22. All said, let him hear what he's saying unto the church. The only other scripture reference we have is Revelation 13 and 9. And it says, if any man have an ear, let him hear. The church is gone. We just witness the rapture of the church um, in Revelation 4. After Revelation 4, there is no more church. The church has been raptured. All right? All right, so when we uh, talk about um, this seven feasts of Jehovah and the enemy trying to change the times and the seasons, he's talking about the remnant of Israel. Satan is always after God's chosen people. And as I say today, um, we're spiritual Israel right now. So not only is he after uh, them, but he's also after us. Amen. Because we are the body of Christ. Let's bear that out. We're still we're still building some some facts here. Let's look at Revelation 12. Revelation 12. This is when Satan is kicked out of heaven. Did you know that he's allowed to tra traverse uh, heaven and the earth right now? The Bible says when the sons of God were gathered together, who showed up? Satan. He accuses us before God how often? Day and night. You know somebody. What does he do? He comes to the earth and uh, convinces you to commit sin, then he turns or turns around and traverses up to heaven and tell God, well, he, you know, see what he did? <laughs> Come on, somebody. My God, Job. Um, he told God, listen, he's just serving you because he got all of that stuff. You got that hedge around him. But if you take that away from him, I'll make him curse you to your face. Come on, somebody. Then turned around, went to the earth and told Job, man, why don't you just curse God and die? <laughs> All right. So he's allowed to traverse both uh, heaven and earth right now. But there's going to come a time and we're reading it now. He's going to be kicked out of heaven. Look at this. Revelation 12. We want to read 12 through 17. He says, therefore, rejoice ye heavens and ye that dwell in them. Woe unto the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, 
For the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath. Why? Because he knoweth that he have but a short time. That's why he wants to change the times and the laws. He, he wants to lengthen. He's mad <clears throat> uh, because he wants to take as many as he can, seeking whom he may what? All right. He comes but for to steal, kill, and destroy. He's mad because he knows he only has but a short time. He's reserved under judgment. He knows what his end is. He, you know, as they say, I don't have nothing to lose. <laughs> He's been kicked out of heaven. All right. He has but a short time. And when the dragon saw that he was cast unto the earth, what did he do? He persecuted the woman which bought forth the man child, Israel. All right. He's persecuting Israel that bought forth the man child. And to the woman uh, were given what? Two wings of great of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness, into her place. Now she's going to be hid on the earth where she is nourished for a what? Time and times and a half time. That's three and a half years from the face of the serpent. All right. He's going to pursue her. He's mad. He know he has a short time. Look at this. And the serpent cast uh, out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. And the earth helped the woman and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood, which the dragon cast out of his mouth. And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed. My God, that is the Jewish people that is going to come through the tribulation period. What? Which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. My God. So Satan has always warred against God's chosen people. Amen. Now, listen, we know that the Jews are God's chosen people, but because they rejected him, we have him. So we are now included. He said, and now other sheep that I have, them I must bring also. Come on, somebody. There's going to be one um, uh, a sheepfold and one shepherd. Amen. We're all one. In Christ Jesus. Amen. All right. Now, I want you to know um, when we saw that in Revelation uh, 20, we just read he's going to where she is nourished. She's going to be kept. She's going to be hid. She's going to be protected for a time and times and a half time. That's three and a half years. All right. Now, I want you to know this. Uh, in uh, the Bible, the book of Revelation, we see that three and a half years represented in uh, several different uh, ways. <clears throat> uh, some places you're going to see it uh, 1,260 days. Uh, that's three and a half years. You're going to see it 42 months. That's three and a half years. All right. A time 
is a year times is two more years. That's time plural, right? So that's three. And a half time, that's three and a half years. All right. And you're also going to see a time and times and a dividing of time. That's three and a half years. People get um, thrown off and think, oh, well, that I don't know how much time that is. It's all three and a half years, and it's all the middle of the seven-year tribulation period. All right? The three and a half years is half of the seven-year tribulation period because something happens midweek, amen, uh, where the Antichrist is revealed for who he really is, all right? In Revelation 16, we see the Antichrist is going to be revealed with the um, opening of the uh, seven uh, seals. Amen. Uh, the Bible says in 2 Thessalonians, the second chapter, that only he that letteth will let. The Antichrist is not going to be revealed until Jesus reveals him in his own time. And we see that happening in Revelation, uh, the sixth chapter. And all of these things have um, meaning, the breaking of the seven seals. All right, I'm not going to read that, but you can read that on yourself, on your own. All right. <clears throat> so when that Antichrist come, now when he comes, um, uh, that first seal is opened, he comes on a white horse. And many people are confused and they think uh, that that's Jesus. No, that's not Jesus coming on that white horse. That's the Antichrist. They're going to think that's what Israel is going to think, that he is their Messiah. He's going to fool them. Come on, somebody. My God. Uh, so what is he going to do? He's going to negotiate peace. He's going to rebuild the temple. Uh, and at midweek, three and a half years into that seven-year tribulation period, He's going to cause the oblation to cease. In other words, that rebuilt temple that he builds and people think he's their Messiah and he's the one that negotiates peace. And he's got the answer for, you know, uh, electric cars and he's got the answer for uh, global warming. He's got the answer for for nuclear unrest. He's got the answer for the war in Ukraine and the war that's happening and the rumors of wars. Come on, somebody. But he's going to rebuild that temple. He's going to. And at midweek, the three and a half years of that seven year tribulation period, he will cause the oblation to cease. He said, no, don't sacrifice to God. Now I want you to sacrifice unto me. And he's going to sit on that throne. And that is what's called the abomination of desolation, as spoken by the prophet Daniel. That's going to happen at the midweek. And the Bible says in, in uh, Matthew 24, and then the end shall come. He's finally going to be revealed 
for who he really is. They're going to think he's the Messiah. People talk about the uh, the four horse of the apocalypse when we see the um, white horse, the black horse, the red horse, and the uh, the pale horse, which is green. All right, but remember now, there's a fifth that's going to come, uh, and don't don't confuse him that shows up in Revelation six with him that shows up in Revelation 19, they're both riding a white horse. The first one is the Antichrist. The one that shows up in Revelation 19 is Jesus with us. He's going to make his triumphant entry and he's going to be in all white. We're going to show up with him in all white. Come on, somebody. My God. So don't get that confused. All right. Now, when we look at Revelation 18, Revelation 18, that's the opening of the seventh seal. All right. This is known as the great day of God's wrath. The opening of the first seal through the seventh seal represents the whole first three and a half years of the seven year uh, tribulation period. The opening of the seventh seal in the book of uh, Revelation chapter eight, opening of the uh, seventh seal in chapter eight represents the last of the three and a half years of the tribulation period. And let me, uh, let's read this. Revelation eight. And when he had opened the seventh seal, There was silence in heaven about a space of half an hour. My God. Now, when the seals are opened up in um, uh, Revelation, the sixth chapter, that first horse, uh, he's going to come on a white horse. All right. They're going to think he's the Messiah. Uh, But by the time we get to the red horse, we're talking about famine. We're talking about hunger. We're talking about uh, a day's wage being used. Well, let's. All right. Why should I? All right. Revelation six. And I saw the lamb open the seals and I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder. And one of the four beasts saying, come and see. And I saw and behold a white horse and he that sat on him had a bow and a crown was given unto him. And he went forth conquering and to conquer. Amen. All right. This is the one that they think is going to be their Messiah. All right. And as I say, he's going to come in and he's going to negotiate peace. He's going to uh, rebuild the temple. All right. Uh, But it's not until the midweek, the end of three and a half years, that they're going to realize that this is not our Messiah. Look at verse three. And when he had opened the second seal, I heard a second beast saying, come and see. And there went out another horse that was red and power was given him to set thereon and do what? Take peace from the earth. 
that they should kill one another. And there was given him a great sword. Now, remember, these writers on, I shouldn't say writers, this writer is coming on these different horses, but they're all the Antichrist, just one person. He comes in on the white horse, all right? He negotiates peace. Now he comes on the red horse, and what is he given power to do? To take peace from the earth. God allows him and gives him authority to take peace. War World One, the whole world was not at war. World War Two, the whole world was not at war. There were some places of peace. But World War Three, which we're facing right now, this rider on the red horse will be given power to take peace. There will be no places of peace on this earth. The whole world will be at war. All right. And uh, he was he's he that sat upon uh, and him that sat thereupon to take peace from the earth and they should kill one another. And there was given him a great sword, death. All right. Verse five. And when he had opened the third seal, I heard uh, the third be saying, come and see. And I beheld and lo, a black horse. And he that sat upon him had a pair of balances. When we see balances, now we're talking about famine. Now, listen, all of the things of um, the tribulation are in effect right now. Um, uh, everything that we read here, everything is, is fulfilled. Um, and the rapture can happen at any time. All right. These things that we're talking about, we're seeing them right now, all right? But they will be in full effect when God, uh, only he that letteth, when God, when he be moved out of the way, uh, 2 Thessalonians, the second chapter, read, you can start reading verse one, go all the way down to verse, I think it's about verse seven. Only he that letteth will let. God is restraining things. Amen. And when it's time to reveal the Antichrist, he's going to be revealed. And we see that happening right now in uh, Revelation 6. All right. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, a measure of wheat for a penny and three measures of barley for a penny. And see that thou hurt not the oil and the wine. Amen a full day's wage for a measure of wheat, a full day's wage for a measure of barley. Amen. Shortages. What do we have going on right now? Shortages. You talk about a, a supply chain issue. We haven't seen anything yet. Amen. Global financial distress. That's one of the things that I'm trying to work with the church now. Get your finances in order. The Fed has just raised the rate again. 
What does that mean? It's going to be, it's going to cost you more money to buy a home. It's going to cost you more money to buy a car. It's going to cost you more money uh, for your credit card balances. This is money that you've already spent that the creditors will now be able to raise your interest rate because the rate uh, of interest have gone up. <clears throat> All right. That's called unsecured debt. And those individuals that are in adjustable rate mortgages, my God, my God, all in an attempt to um, regulate inflation. Uh, so what are they saying? There's too many people buying houses. There are too many people buying cars. There's too many people, you know, uh, spending money and there's not enough supply. That's what calls inflation to go up. But a lot of people, what about the people that don't have no money? My God. Well, as I say, they're all in effect right now. All right. Global financial uh, distress. We see that right here. All right. Let's look at this. And when he had opened the fourth seal, I heard a voice from the fourth beast say, come and see. And I looked and behold a pale horse. All right. A pale horse is interpreted green. Um, when they uh, translated uh, the um, color, it went pale, but it really should be green. And his name that sat on him was what? Death. And hell followed with him. And power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with the sword and with hunger and with death and with the beasts of the earth. My God. That's a whole lot of sorrow that's going to be revealed when the Antichrist. Amen. That's when he's going to war with the saints. Now, listen. This is um, <clears throat> this is Daniel's people. These are the Jews. He's going to war with the saints, but they're going to make it. They're going to make it because the ancient of days is going to show up. We've already read that. And that's going to happen at the three and a half year mark of that seven year tribulation period. God is going to bring an end to it. And, and But look, Satan is going to try to manipulate the times and the seasons because he wants more time to wear out the saints. My God. <laughs> oh, what a mighty God we serve. All right. So in the opening of the, um, all of this is going on. And then in uh, chapter eight, the opening of the seventh seal. Can you imagine all of this death? all of this mayhem, all of this hunger, all of this famine, all of this deception going on. And then God shows up. Come on, somebody. My God. The opening of the seventh seal in the eighth chapter represents the last three and a half years of that seven-year tribulation period. And God said, okay, now I'm going to speak. You think you've, you think you've, uh, 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 seen something 
that's known as the great day of God's wrath, no man is going to be saved. The last of those Jews will be harvested out of that three and a half first year of the tribulation period because the three and a half um, a second part of that tribulation period is known as the, the day of God's great wrath. Ain't nobody going to be saved. Nobody's going to come out of that. God is going to come and get that remnant out. And when he opens up that uh, seventh seal in the eighth chapter, my God, we, we, we've read it. Um, you ain't seen nothing yet. All right. All right. So God, what does he do? God leaves us a pattern. These, uh, the enemy is trying to change the set times, the moads, the moadime, moadime. Uh, that's the plural. All right. So what are we saying? Those moads are the feast days. Amen. Those are the feast days that are set. Uh, we have to go back to uh, Leviticus, the 23rd chapter, to find out um, uh, what these feast days are. Because God gives us a pattern of things that he's going to do. And uh, we must show up and be there. Otherwise, uh, we're going to be kicked out. You understand what I'm talking about. Um as we go on. All right. So God leaves us specific times, the feast days. All right. And if there's anything that we know about God, he is specific. He is precise. He is consistent. He does nothing by happenstance. Uh, there's always a meaning uh, to when we looked at the white horse, the red horse, the black horse, the pale horse. Amen. They all have meaning. We see the uh, seven weeks of uh, that God is going to deal with man. Amen. Each of those seven weeks is made up of seven days. All right. And since a day is as a thousand years is a day and a, uh, and a thousand years is as a day and a day is as a thousand years with the Lord. There knows somebody. What do we have? We have seven days of 7,000 years per day. All right. And that's where we get the seven times seven. After that is 50, which is Pentecost. All right. That's what Pentecost is. 50, 50,000 years. God is dealing with mankind and he will finally come to an end after 50,000 years. And as Bishop uh, G.T. Haywood left in his writing, that will be a Pentecost of Pentecost. Uh, he said in his writing, who knows? My God, uh, God dealing with mankind. All right. <clears throat> So he finished the sixth day. You can go back to uh, Genesis and see this. And he said the evening and the morning were the sixth day. He finished it. But what? Yet we're still living in it. We're living in the sixth day of man. All right. He also finished the seventh day, which will be another 7,000 years. 
He said the evening and the morning were the seventh day. He finished it, yet it is to come to pass. What a mighty God we serve. And seven is is God's perfect number. We have the seven seals. We have the seven trumps. We have the seven plagues. We have the three woes. We have the seven vows. And now we have the seven feasts of Jehovah uh, that's giving us a pattern that God is going to follow. He is precise. Now listen, the Bible says no man nor angel know the day or the hour, but God leaves on record a pattern and lets us know how he's going to do things. We don't know the day, We don't know the hour, but he leaves us a pattern that he is going to follow. All right. And um, Satan is going to try to change his pattern so he can wear out the saints. But he can't. I don't know why he's trying to change it, uh, because he can't. He doesn't have that authority. Let's look at um, uh, Daniel. The second chapter. Let's go back to Daniel. Daniel knew God was the only one that could change the times, the moads, the appointed times and the seasons. All right. Daniel, the second chapter, verses 19 and through 21. Uh, then was the secret revealed unto devil, unto Daniel <laughs> in a night season. All right. Then Daniel blessed God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, blessed be the name of God forever and ever for wisdom and might are his. And he changes the times and the seasons. My God. God is the one that changes the times and the seasons. But we read that Satan, Antichrist, is going to try to change the times and the seasons to his advantage. But God is the only one that changes the times and the seasons. Come on, somebody. And when this was revealed unto Daniel, what did he do? He praised God because God is the only one, amen, that sets the moads, all right? So what are these laws? What are these feast days, amen? Uh, We have to go to Leviticus to get them, all right? They are all, they all exist uh, on the uh, Jewish calendar, and the Jews know them. You know somebody. Uh, but we don't have no idea of what they are. So the Moeds in the Bible are the set feast days. All right. He sets these days and he tells Moses to let the people know these are my feast days. Amen. So. It lets us know what God is going to do and lets gives us the pattern in which he's going to do them. All right. 
people that did not show up to the feast days were expelled uh, from the um, uh, Jewish faith. All right. These are the set times, the Moads that God will show up. And guess what? I think it's um, important that we know them because guess what? We got to show up too. And um, I will uh, explain that more and it will become evident as we go through this. All right. So why don't we know them? Because we are on the Gregorian calendar. All right. Uh, the Gregorian uh, calendar was adopted from Julius Caesar. It's from the Roman Empire, which is what? Babylon. Isn't that something? Uh, if you do a study of uh, our form of government, um, uh, the setup of the executive branch, the judicial branch, legislative branch, uh, the architecture in uh, Washington, D.C., the, of the buildings, um, it's a throwback. <laughs> it, it, it's a, um, a, a copy of what they had way back in uh, the Roman Empire. It's amazing how times can change and, and things can yet remain the same. All right? So... Uh, we're on the Gregorian calendar. The Jewish calendar operates on both the solar and lunar cycles. Why is that? Because everything changes. It operates on both the solar and lunar. So you can have an, an event that happens. It's the same event, but it happens at a different time in the year. On the Gregorian calendar, the calendar in which we use, uh, it operates strictly on the solar cycle. Why is that? So Christmas shows up in December every year. Thanksgiving shows up in November every year. All right. So but on the Jewish calendar, events, uh, they don't change uh, from year to year. And the Jewish people know these these feasts, these Moads are still on their calendar. Amen. And I was first intrigued by this when I was looking at G.T. Haywood's teaching on the seven feasts of Jehovah, how God is going to use this pattern that's still on their calendar, uh, but does not exist, or you know, it, it may. Sometimes I see on my calendar Yom Kippur, um, Rosh Hashanah, uh, these feast days that show up when I'm looking at this calendar. I, I can see a, um, a holiday show up, and I, I look at it, and I, I, I say, "What what holiday is coming up?" Is they'll say Ramadan, you know, on the calendar. All right. So, but we have to go to Leviticus, the 23rd chapter, um, and read there, and we're going to find these set uh, times and these laws, these Moads, these Moadines. Amen. Leviticus, the 23rd chapter, 
We're going to read verses uh, one through four, and then maybe we'll get through the first one. Uh, we'll kind of um, make it a little bit more clear what we're talking about. Leviticus the 23rd, verses one through four. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them concerning the feasts, the Moads of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to the holy convocations, even these are my what? These are my feasts. Six days shall be uh, shall work be done. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest, a and holy convocation. Ye shall do no work therein. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. These are the Moads, the feasts of the Lord, even holy convocations, which ye shall proclaim in their season. My God. Uh, Ecclesiastes let us know to every uh, thing there is a season and a time and a purpose under the heaven. All right. So a Moad can be, let's say, a wedding. Um, many of you know that have experienced been part of a wedding uh, there. You just don't show up to the wedding and don't know what to do if you're part of the the mo uh, the the Moad, the wedding there are rehearsals. So when you get to the wedding, um, you know what to do. Now, I want to say this also. The Bible is all about a wedding. It's all about uh, God finally getting his bride. She's finally going to be revealed uh, in the end. God is going to get his bride. It's all about a wedding, a moad, a set time, a set season, a set event. And guess what? If you don't show up at the wedding, <laughs> I think you're going to be disappointed. You're going to miss out. All right. So do you think God is going to show up at his wedding? I believe so. Will you be there? Will you be part of the uh, church triumphant? If you want to make it in, I think you ought to be there. Amen. All right. The first feast that it goes over uh, in Leviticus here, uh, we're not going to read them all in Leviticus, but we're just going to go over them, go through them, and we'll do the first one anyway to kind of get you a um, a pattern is what we're going through here. The first feast is the feast of the Passover. All right. Uh, this is when God saved us from our sins. All right. Let's look at um, Exodus, the 12th chapter. Just get a little bit of uh, this Moad, this feast, so we know what it's all about. Exodus, the 12th chapter, we're going to read verses 1 through 13. And Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Uh, we can go into that a little bit more. Whether you're on the Gregorian calendar or you're on the Jewish calendar, 
uh, it's going to start with a Moad and it's going to end with a Moad. All right. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of the month, they shall take every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish. A male of the first year, year ye shall take it out of the sheep or from the goats, and ye shall keep it up until the 14th day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it uh, in the evening. And ye shall take of the blood and strike it upon the two posts and on the upper doorpost of the house, wherein there shall ye shall eat. And they shall eat the flesh of, in of that night, roast it with fire and unleavened bread. Now remember that. Unleavened bread is important because that's the next feast. And with bitter herbs, they shall eat it. Eat it not raw nor sodden at all with water, but roast with fire, uh, his head with his legs and with the uh, puritans thereof. And ye shall let nothing of it remain until the morning. And that which remaineth of it until the morning, ye shall burn with fire. Um, and thus shall ye eat it with your loins girded, with your shoes on your feet and your staff in your hand, and ye shall eat it in haste. It shall be the Lord's Passover, for I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn of the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And behold, the blood shall be to you for a token upon the house where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. My God. All right. So we have the feast of the Passover. It's the beginning of the months. Amen. We've studied this in communion, whatever calendar you're on. Uh, this, it's going to start with a Moad. It's going to end with a Moad. What is it? It is a celebration when God could have killed us. What did he do? He provided a lamb. Amen. So what was this lamb? This lamb was a type of Christ. Because Jesus is that sinless lamb that was slain even before the foundation of the world. He could have killed us, but he that knew no sin did what? Became sin for us. All right. So the Passover commemorated the deliverance of Israel from Egypt, all right? And it also commemorates the Passover from the, a sinner from the world, 
Amen. Egypt was symbolic of sin, of bondage, of slavery. Amen. All right. Luke 22, 15 through 16. Luke 22, 15 through 16, Jesus. And he said unto them with the desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say unto you, I will not any more eat thereof until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. All right. This was also the day when the Passover lambs that were bought into Jerusalem. All right. Um, the um, Passover, this feast, all of the lambs were brought into Egypt early because they had to be cleaned. They had to be inspected. All right. So all the Jews knew at that particular time what was going on. It was the feast of Passover. Amen. Uh, jo Josephus, the religious writer, estimated at, at Jerusalem, there was approximately two and a half million people gathered there at that small place of Jerusalem. My God. And um, do you remember? <clears throat> When they chose, told um, uh, Judas, uh, whatever you do, uh, don't do it during the feast of Passover. Amen. We got too many Jesus fanatics in town that we're going to show sure enough have a riot on our hand. You all remember that? And when John uh, asked Jesus who it is of us that's going to uh, betray you. Amen. Jesus said, now the one that I passed the sop to, Judas was sitting to the right. The Bible said he dipped the sop, passed it to Judas and Satan entered into him. And Jesus told him what you going to do, do it now. Now they told Judas, <laughs> Don't do it during the week of the Passover because we're going to have a riot on our hands. There about somebody, but this was the set time, the Moed, Jesus dipped the sop, passed it to Judas and said, I'm the lamb that's going to be slain. There about somebody, I'm the one that's going to die for the sins of the world. Amen. I'm the one. All right. So, um, this was the set Moad. This was the set time. Amen. There was no other person. Judas was the only other person in the Bible was referred to as the son of perdition. All right, let's go to first Corinthians. We're going to end this uh, right here, this first Moet. First Corinthians 5, 7 through 8. What does it say? Purge out therefore old leaven. Leaven was a, a yeast. Yeast was typical of sin. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump, right? 
that you may be what? A new lump as you are unleavened. We are, uh, we don't have sin. We don't contain sin in our lives. We don't harbor sin in our lives. Look what this says. For even Christ, who was he? Our Passover. Christ was our Passover. They killed the lamb. Come on, somebody. But Jesus, the lamb was a type of Christ because now Christ, our Passover, he that knew no sin when he could have killed us, he that knew no sin became sin for us. He's our Passover. He sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Let us keep the Moad, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice or wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. I'm on somebody. So it served as a separation of the children of light, Israel, from the children of darkness. And in Bishop G.T. Haywood's writing, he said on the first day, what did God do? He separated the light from the darkness. My God, who wouldn't serve a God like this? <clears throat> now, when we think about this Moad, this Moadine, Moadine, did God show up? Did he die? Come on, somebody, for your sins? Come on, somebody, did you meet him? <clears throat> this Moad has been fulfilled. Amen. Um, some of us were saved, you know, on a Monday. Some of us were saved on a Tuesday. Amen. What was done at Calvary's cross was then applied to you. But he showed up and he paid the price when he could have killed us. He showed up the sinless lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world and paid the price of sin for both you and I. My God. And if he didn't show up, somebody said, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. If he didn't show up at the Moed, at the set time, we are yet in our sins. What did John say? Behold, the Lamb of God, come on somebody, that comes to take away the sins of the world. My God. All right. So we have just gone over the first uh, Moad. And uh, there is another Moad that we're waiting on that the devil is trying to change the time and the season because he wants more time to wear out the saints. But God said he ain't going to do it. I'm going to shorten the time. And if I didn't shorten the time, the very elect would throw in the towel and quit. May God bless you. May God keep you is our prayer. All right. This is part one. We'll go over part two uh, next time. 
Amen. And I'm hoping that you all will stick with me because this is very important. It's very important. God has laid it upon my heart. It's time to prepare a people to meet their maker. My God. And God is going to show up at the set time. The question is, will you meet him there? Will you be ready? My God. May God bless you if you're under the sound of my voice, you have not been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost by the evidence of speaking in other tongues, call me, 734 Call me. Amen. We will return your call. We will share with you what thus saith the Lord. Jesus said, except the man be born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Amen. You must be born of the water. That's baptism in Jesus name and of the spirit, the infilling of the Holy Ghost by the evidence of speaking in other tongues. If you don't meet those qualifications, you cannot see God's face in peace. Call us. Call us. We'll have a minister return your call. Share with you what the Bible is saying, meet with you, baptize you in Jesus' name, and God himself will fill you with his spirit by the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Amen. Give us a call. Don't let it be said too late. The Lord, he is soon to come. May God bless you. May God keep you. New grace.